Yay! <laughs> I don't know why it's something so stupid and I just can't. It's a very on brand for us. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am joined by a woman so smart, she's doing it to piss off the libs, folks. The men can't handle a smart (laughs) hockey woman writing the great content that she does. I can't get enough of it. Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. I love that you say I piss off the libs. I also piss off everybody in Montreal. I think, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but um, they have a new main character because somebody pointed something else out. And I, I think maturing is realizing that the Montreal Canadiens fans are going to come at you for no reason. And it's not just about me. I do poke them and I'm not going to stop, but I am going to log off more often. Appreciate that. And Quick shit list mention to whoever that dude is who I didn't even know, so obviously very relevant, who seems to think it's wise to go onto a radio show and say, hey, go harass a reporter online because of their takes in an article that's clearly is meant to be fun. But here we go. Wait, that happened? Someone responded to you with this, like that some guy went on his show and said he didn't like your take and was like... I know. It's insane. I didn't even know that. All right. Give me the clicks, baby. Oh, my God. I'm a freelance (laughs) journalist. (laughs) Well, we certainly would not be too many men if it wasn't for the woman who has single-handedly made sure that every team in the NHL has a comprehensive preview. And yes, she does hate your favorite team. It's the (laughs) Athletics' Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. How are you? I'm a bit tired. Um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I'm I'm gonna have a a a, a little rep- reprieve. I think they're called. You yes, know, like a good break, job. a good break job. for like three point two seconds before <laughs> hockey season starts. Because it's a uh, everyone's like, oh, you must be pumped. I'm like, talk to me after this. Talk to me exactly. when I'm done. Jana needs to go into the wild with her three animals <laughs> and just sit down. That would be that would be a great time. I might go for a hike tomorrow. So exactly that. <laughs> Well, that is the perfect transition, as always, to Sarah Sivian's favorite segment. Sarah, what time is it? Bit on news. <laughs> well, speaking of the wild, see what I did there? We have some contract. Ex- Thank you, Shane. I appreciate your, your rolling eyes. Uh, we have some contract <laughs> extensions to talk about. Matt's Zuccarello, who I still do love, although I always forget he's now on the wild. I still think he's in New York for some strange reason. Um, signs a two-year by 4.125 extension. And Marcus Felino, the brawnier of the two Felino brothers in the NHL, signs a four-for-four four deal. It's interesting because I feel like every time we're talking about Minnesota, we're talking about how their cap situation has hamstrung them from maybe making the best moves to push themselves into the proverbial Stanley Cup totally finalist conversation. Shayna, what did you think of these two signings? I like the Zuccarello signing because I feel like one, here's a player that makes their superstar better, right? You know, he's a great playmaker. They love playing together. And also like you want to make your superstar happy. They're besties off the ice. You have all of that going for you, but like he's still effective. So a two-year contract, for him, I think is just fine at that price. The Felino one's a little more of a head scratcher for me because I was looking at Minnesota a little bit earlier this summer when I read about Elias Lindholm. And it was like, it felt like maybe they could clear out some cap to figure out a way in a convoluted way to get 
a center for next year, which they truly, truly, truly need. And then they just extend someone who it felt like could have been a cap casualty because he's not as effective as he used to be. So to extend him for four years, you don't need to get older. You don't need to get more expensive here. And yet they're like, let's stay the same. We're Minnesota. Sarah, did anything stand out to you in addition to what Shana said about these two signings? Well, we'll talk about this later, but I do think it just goes to show again the variance of contracts in the NHL right now, where it is so much about the cap situation and which team can afford what. And I do think both of their agents did a good job. I do think the Zuccarello contract is fair and the Felino contract is fair relative to their teams, but it is just kind of crazy. We'll get into more contracts later that prove my point here, but I, I do think it's it's funny where everyone's at. Well, let's go right there then, Sarah. Let's get into more contracts. And okay. the, the wait is over. Trevor Zegras is now going to actually be able to play actual hockey games. Um, he is signed three years at just under six per year, 5.75. Sarah, you said you wanted to talk about other contracts. Do you like this one or no? Well, I see both sides because I don't think it's enough for Zegras, especially your top scorer for the past few years. And he is your star that's doing things with nothing. Like, I, it's not his fault that the team sucks by any means. And I think we all know that. I, it's not enough money for him, but at the same time, he, it's going to set him up for potentially a monster contract later on when the cap does rise and then the ducks might be screwed. So I, I can see why both sides came to the agreement that they did, but it's just not nearly enough for him. If you ask me. Jane, I was going to ask you exactly what the point Sarah made, which is term, right? You could argue that this is the player waiting to see what that team looks like, like Sarah said, or you could argue that this is the player gambling for more money, or it could be something else. What do you like or dislike about this contract? The term's the most interesting part of it to me, because for a bridge deal for Zegers, if I'm the team, I get why they didn't go long term. Now, if they were comparing their two restricted free agents and went, well, Troy Terry has done everything with nothing the last two years, and they were like, we're going big on him. I think he has earned every cent of it. If they're looking at Zegers and going, we think he's right now a good complimentary forward, but he's not the star, the cornerstone. He hasn't done enough. And I think it's fair to have that argument, even when you look at the environment, like, can he get to that level that they need? Or is it going to be McTavish? Is it going to be Leo Carlson? Is someone not on the team altogether? You know, you want Troy Terry to be your number two, not your number one. So I can see the hesitation from the team. And on the other hand, like the three years you look at it and go, well, it might bite them. They also have a ton of money coming off and they have all this flexibility. So it works too. If I'm Zegris, I'm not signing a big deal right now, though. I'm looking at it going, I'm going to maximize my earnings when the cap goes up and when I boost my value and the team's going to have the money then anyway. But I would have tried if I were the team and even him to go for two years, not three. It's the third year for me, I feel like. It takes the Ducks a little further than they should want to. I feel like they'll know in the next year or two, especially with the new coach, if he's going to be that guy. We shall see. It's time to talk contracts. It's also time to talk injuries because these things happen as players get on the ice. The biggest news, I'm sure many people, I admit I did this too, immediately looked at a calendar to see when you were playing Tampa Bay um, and if it fell in this window. Um, but Andre Vasilevsky, arguably one of the best goaltenders in the game, arguably a player who is truly a difference maker and makes his team part of what puts into what a team needs to win a cup or multiple cups. Andre Vasilevsky broken, had a back surgery. It was, I forget what it was called, but the bigger story is that he's out eight to 10 weeks. 
I think it's very, very obvious what this means to Tampa Bay. I think every team who has a goalie that they're trying to get through waivers is now terrified um, at what Tampa Bay is watching for. I don't know that we need to harp on the impact to the team, but Shayna, are there players that you think maybe Tampa Bay is hoping make it through the waiver wire, or how do you think they solve this problem while they're without their undisputed number one Hall of Fame goaltender? They definitely don't move forward with Jonas Johansson. That is what they don't do. And like, I feel bad for him because this is someone who a couple of years ago was called the worst goalie in the league. And I don't think he's that. We saw him last year at Colorado versus a very bad team that he was on, you know, previously, like be fine. But I wouldn't trust that because for the Lightning, they can't lose the playoffs yet, but they can sure give themselves a bigger hole to dig out of. And they have so many subtract subtractions already. So I feel like they have to do something, especially when you look at, the fact that their defense again took a step back as it did last year. They needed Vasilevsky to be greater than ever last year. And he was that to get them as far as they were. So good fucking luck. If I'm them, I would be trying to call Vegas for someone like Logan Thompson, who's super cheap, because I think that would work. But I think Vegas could squeeze them rightfully so. And I won't be surprised if Tampa has to lose a young defenseman. So I would be glued to that waiver wire for someone like maybe an Alex Lyon if Detroit waves him like that's the one that kind of stands out to me the best option maybe Uko Pekalukinen in Buffalo too like that's another one any anyone just literally anyone I think they just need a little bit more support because it's a goalie they could throw back on waivers and be okay in a couple months well I did see one goalie went on the wire yesterday we'll see we're recording on Wednesday we'll see how this goes Sarah how excited uh, no one wants to see a player like this hurt, but how excited do you think Atlantic teams were to maybe feel like they have an edge in this early start of the season as Shayna kind of hinted at when Tampa is without one of their biggest weapons? I do. When it comes to the lightning, everybody knows the scariest thing about them is that, that they can turn it on at any second. So I don't think teams were too excited, but at the same time, there's not anything in their backup Hubbard, but now they're going to have, what is it? $9.5 million of cap relief for at least when he's on LTIR, he's going to obviously have to come back and they're not going to be upset about that. But what if they went and found a free agent like Halak or what about bringing back Brian Elliott? I mean, I'm sure they know and they love him. I think that could be a good option and they're going to be cheap and they have the money. And then obviously it's going to be no hard feelings when Vasilevsky comes back. So there are options that will sustain the team and maybe it's a kick in the ass for some of these players kind of on their last twilight of their career we shall see another former tampa bay lightning player who's now suffered an injury too is alex Kalorn, who has a broken finger out four to six weeks obviously was a big part of tampa's success and was hoping to be a part of another team's success as he's now moved out to the pacific um shana are you concerned about this this is maybe not a group of players that were hinging cup success on, <laughs> on just alex Kalorn, no matter how good he is this year I think it might have kind of set a little more like fuel under like management's asses to sign Zegers because they were probably like, hey, we need somebody. And obviously they're different positions, but you want to have a little bit more of a capable top six. It sucks for Anaheim, but it's good in a way, too, because they're getting a new coach who I think is going to instill like totally different systems because I couldn't tell you what Anaheim was running in recent years. It seemed like a total shitstorm, and it feels like Greg Cronin has more innovative ideas than I anticipated. So if he can kind of teach the fundamentals to the core group in Anaheim 
and then someone else like Kaloran comes in for reinforcements. I think that actually could be a good thing. Like you could try to turn a bad situation into something kind of good if you look at it that way. But like, obviously it sucks. This is someone who is a very good top six player and good in the room and good in every which way on the power play. Like you want him in your lineup. Sarah, does this give you concern? I mean, again, we know Anaheim is not necessarily a group that's that's in their contention window just yet. Yeah, it's just exactly what Shana said. It's almost, I mean, it's not good, especially when a player as talented and as fun as him that could help out people on the periphery gets hurt. But I do think it gives a team with no pressure some wheel room to see in actual game events where some of their top prospects and top periphery players could contend for a spot like a like an extended training camp if you will absolutely well there's another player and i I, listen i say this with love i i can't like the crazy nfl fans who are so upset that we're talking about taylor swift all the time during nfl games oh there's our alert y'all hold oh my god it's happening we're turning into zombies what What is that for it's because Shana, are you serious? You become a zombie. That's what everybody's saying. Oh, it's just a test. You did not hear that this was happening. She was in her own I, world of previews. I honestly closed my phone after I had a meeting and I've been sewing for three hours. I needed. No, no, no. People have been talking about this for like a week. I've been trying to like limit my time. Uh, <laughs> if I'm going on social media, I'm going on TikTok <laughs> and I'm rotting away on my couch. I don't want to be fucking bothered by Twitter. I couldn't even it's go on like, Instagram. No, this is like either. actual news. Like not just. I Twitter. have not. I like I said, my brain has been so fried that. No, during the day I'm watching like tennis replays that are in China that I'm sleeping through. Like I took See, me like eight it's hours. Conspiracy to match people. It's all the all the rumors are yeah. true. <laughs> like Shana's playing dumb because she's now a zombie. I am. I look like one today. That this is amazing content. All right. Um, see, people were upset that I was trying to even give airtime to the crazies who don't think we have too much, who think we do have too much Taylor Swift content in the NFL because we do not, people. But oh my god, I'm 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 I don't need to see every single play Connor Bedard makes this year. Call me I an do. ass. Okay, no, fine. I do. There we go. Yes. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm watching. Just I'm kidding. watching the. Blackhawks preseason game last night like we put it on which was like I just want to see what he does and like literally I at this point was rotting away on the couch watching TikToks because I was done for the night and every time he did anything it's like oh my god look up and I actually did normally I just ignore him and I nod my head and pretend like I'm listening and I was like no I want to see it give me all of it Sarah I completely agree with you Shayna and I can see why the overkill could piss some people off, especially when it's just the preseason, but I am here for it. I think it's so much negativity around the NHL, which is warranted for not being a fun league, for being a problematic league. But I think I, for one, am always going to soak in these fun, exciting moments. And I mean, I was young when Sidney Crosby came in the league. I was focused on maybe other things when Connor McDavid came into the league. I Plus am ready the to go all to in. His season, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when was exactly. the last, the last big rookie season was probably Austin Matthews. Right. Because it always comes yes. back yes. to the league. And yes. that was and, fucking awesome. Yeah. You have like Nico. He was quieter. Jack Hughes. It's just the Blackhawks thing. Season. My friend, it's the black. It, it brings I, back the whole. I'm trying. It's, I feel like yeah. it's honestly a new era of Blackhawks hockey. And I want it to be for everyone's sake. I'm not forgetting all. I literally talked about this last night. Like 
I like Kyle Davidson. I feel like he's a breath of fresh air. Kanan Taves and every member of that team is gone. I just feel like I want to see them get better from here and kind of like own this moment to do better in every fucking facet. So I'm like trying to like balance that. You know what I mean? I love head coach Luke Richardson too. And he's had some really good comments about maybe chilling Bedard out a little bit because he has been getting worked up over the losses. It's like, buddy, it's going to be a long, (laughs) they're going to tank again. So you got to get for B know how to lose, which I think is a really important lesson for him coming up. I, I agree that it's bringing up things and it's hard to balance though. All right, fine. You win. <laughs> I feel like too, he had five points in three preseason games. His only goal is an empty net goal. I want to see like, it's like a couple things from like, it's, you have to know how to win. Obviously you have to know how to lose and you know, have to eventually learn how to win when you have an average game. And I don't think that's going to happen for the Blackhawks yet, but I'm excited to see when they get to that point. Okay. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Table. I said, I said, I said you win. It's fine. It's nice it's fun sometimes. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we do want to end Bitto News on a little bit of a serious note. Um, we want to give a shout out to friend of the pod and someone who, if this person doesn't exist, um, I don't exist in this professional capacity. And that is Aaron Portsline, who's been a beat writer covering the Columbus Blue Jackets since before the team literally even existed. Um, beyond his writing and his skill as a reporter, he is a tremendous human being. And he has shared publicly that he is in need of a kidney transplant and has asked everyone to consider doing what they can to support um, those who are in need. Um, and we are sending him love and hope for finding a match uh, very, very soon. Anything you guys want to say to to our dear Porty? You don't have to. I just thought I'd ask. Well, most people can survive and live a long, healthy life with one kidney. So would definitely suggest looking into donating life. And it makes such a difference. And Portsline has always been the night, like the most consummate professional and exactly what it means to be a good teammate somewhere like the athletic, just so chill, not ever intimidating, not like you're going to learn the ropes, but somebody that you want to do your best work around and help out and shout out to him. And we are all rooting for you and listening to your journey and thanks for sharing it. Yeah. I echo all of that. Like he legitimately is one of the nicest people and like best teammates to have. Um, And just like a reminder for people, like, I know it's so easy to like shit on someone's work and like criticize them if you're not happy with how your team goes. But just kind of remember, like everyone's real humans. We're all dealing with stuff. I know some people are upset, like how much coverage the Babcock stuff gets or if the Blue Jackets are going to do poorly, like the writers get like a lot of the the whiplash from that. So just kind of remember, like these are real people with real life problems. So if you can like separate that and not be an asshole to someone because you don't know what's going on in their day to day life, like here is a prime example of that because here he is still giving you outstanding coverage and content while dealing with everything at the same time. Absolutely. And if you think of um, people who teach you to be kind, uh, there was no one who I can think of who better exemplified that than Chris Snow. Um, If you're in the hockey world, you probably already know that his wife, Kelsey, shared that Chris um, 
ended his life um, as an organ donor as well. Um, after a valiant battle with ALS, he was an assistant general manager of the Calgary Flames. Prior to that, a tremendously talented journalist. Um, and my career in reporting and journalism has been a lot of, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And um, early on, Chris was, um, people are focusing so much on his strength and his character facing a, a horrible disease. But to me, he will always be a, a, an assistant general manager who was on one of the first panels I moderated. And when you moderate a panel, you always say, is there anything you guys want to talk about? And you're talking to very important people who often don't even respond. And Chris picked up the phone. We had a half hour phone conversation and he was always kind. Um, and he was always making time for little old me who didn't know what the hell I was doing and just trying to figure this whole thing out. And he has been a constant reminder of what it means to be a good human. So we wish his family love. Moving on, um, huh, you guys, this is the problem with the Leafs. We, it's how does this affect the Leafs? We don't even want to talk about it, but here it is. You have to talk about it, as Shana said when we were talking before the show, because it's the damn Leafs. So their defense sucks. Connor Timmons is hurt. Klingberg has been out for a bit. We'll see. Cue the crying. Cue the hysteria. What about the Leafs is not going well. We always have a list. That's enough of them. <laughs> it, it is time for hockey talk. As we did last week, we're going to go through the remaining teams in the NHL. This week, we're hitting the Pacific and the Central Divisions. I'm going to do my best to highlight the key moves for each team. And then, guys, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> if you say bye, it means you want to talk about the team. If you say sell, it means you don't want to talk about the team. Okay? Okay. Okay, here we go. First up is Anaheim. We've talked about them a little bit. A new head coach. They bring in Leo Carlson, signs his ELC. They've got Robert Hag coming over, Alex Kalorn, who we talked about already, and Radko Gudis. Three, two, one. Sell. So, yeah, we Perfect. already did this. Yeah. <laughs> then we I have. Hope we, I hope we get to talk about them during the season. I hope there's something fun there, but today, no, sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, a team that actually didn't do a lot to their roster in terms of adding, but did change a lot in their front office is the Calgary Flames, bringing in both a new GM and head coach, losing some players who didn't want to stick around or maybe weren't getting um, the support they thought they should get in terms of being a long-term long part of the solution. Calgary Flames adding Igor Sharangovich and Jordan Esterly. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. We're killing it. Look at us. <laughs> Sarah, go ahead. I just think there's no way they're as bad as they were last year. I think a lot of players had not career worst years, but pretty underwhelming years, especially goalie Jacob Markstrom, who was so hard on himself, and Jonathan Huberdeau, who was being constantly compared to others, and um, who's the center that everyone says is underrated, but was Elias Lindholm. Yeah, yeah, Lindholm. He is going to bounce back this year. I think Huberto is going to be better with the pressure off. And I think Markstrom is going to be better. I'm feeling optimistic about this team. There were also so many unlucky situations when it came to like losing it overtime and things like that. So I just think they're not going to be that bad twice. Shayna. I feel like they have this really deep team and I wish they had 
a little bit more high in talent at the top. And I think that is going to hold them back. But the fact that the roster isn't that different is going to be an interesting test of the impact of coaching, right? Like we talk about the impact of coaching all the time. We really don't always know it. Like someone like Rod Brindamore, we put in a perfect system in Carolina. We can see it. But sometimes like there's too much change at the same time that it's hard to really measure. And I think the fact that they didn't change the roster so much, it's going to, you know, give a good idea. And Ryan Huska seems like a good coach. I like the power kill he runs in Calgary. So I'm interested to see what he brings the rest of the way. But, and I feel like so many players are primed for back uh, bounce backs and Andrew Mangiapane like is the one that stands out to me. But for Markstrom, I kind of think his career year two years ago was a little fluky. And I don't think that's who, I don't think he's going to ever be that caliber, but I don't think last year was it. And we started to see him trend up at the end, but I think he's going to be better, but I'm curious if he ever gets back to true all-star caliber. What if I really, really like him and want him to? I want him to also. He seems like a really nice guy. Like, go off. But I'm just, you have a really good defense, so I think he's going to get propped up a little bit more. But is he going to be like Vesna worthy? I think think that was like a one-off. Yeah, they are. They are a big question mark for me. Um, And speaking of teams where I'm a little bit of a cheese standing alone, um, I still am not totally all bought in on the Edmonton Oilers. Another team spends a lot of money, couldn't make a lot of moves. Their only addition being Connor Brown, who comes over from Ottawa. A lot of people, like I said, are higher on them than me, but I will, I just need to wait. I'm a wait and see girl with this team after all the stuff that we've gone through with them. Buy or sell three, two, one. Bye. Okay, bye. But can we have Allison step in instead of me? I want to hear why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, can I have a celebrity shot? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just, it's just for how many years we've looked at this team and said, oh, they've got the two best players in the world. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And they always flame out. Right. And so it's just, there's not enough that's changed that we're just counting on them to finally do it. And because of that, like, I just look, they're very good. I think they're one of the top teams in the Pacific for sure, but I just need a show me more moment from them, even though they have the two best players in the world. That's fair though. At this point, like, look, I think this is the most complete version of the Oilers. And I think some of it has to do with their work last deadline. Like the Matias Ekholm acquisition was so perfect for them. It elevated Evan Bouchard to the number one caliber. We know he should become, and I think he's going to have a breakout year. And we see guys like Zach Hyman clicked perfectly there last year. I don't think he did as much in year one. And like, he's this elite. We love him. He's an elite grinder, right? Like you, of course, he's going to have good players to succeed with. He always has. But if you can keep up and compliment them, I think it's a big thing. I love the Connor Brown edition, though. That's a player to me who last year was tough because he got hurt. But the year before with Ottawa, like, I thought he was your Blake Coleman addition at the deadline to whatever team added him the way he can, like, you know, move the puck up the ice. And be really disruptive. So I think that's going to be huge for them. And I feel like everyone's getting more slotted appropriately. But I feel like they're going to be an interesting team to watch because a friend of the pod, Prashanth, was exploring 11 forward 7D lineups. Mm -hmm. And he sent that to me. And we actually didn't realize 43% of the time Edmonton ran 11 forwards in 7D and actually played better when they did. Um, So I'm going to be curious if they do that all year again because it worked better or if that's going to burn them out. Like, I think there's something to learn. Well, we shall see. Let's move on to a team that did make a big splashy move. And this this is going to be one to watch, right? The LA Kings make the big transaction where they ship out 
in my opinion, it's going to be interesting to see a lot of key supporting parts of their skating core to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois center from the Winnipeg Jets. He's still not in Montreal. Sorry, PL. Um, but he's now a king. And then again, they're looking at new solutions, they hope, in that goaltending has plagued the Kings here for a while. Buy or sell in three, two, one. Bye. Bye. Sarah? Okay, our friend Chris Watkins, who was on our podcast once, who has some hot takes, but I love having hot takes in the NHL because I feel like so many times we just all, even the nerds who would have a hot take, the nerds in the nerd community want to agree with each other and be on the same page. And it's like, we need some variants. We need to go off the boards. But he, this isn't even a hot take. This is objective and he's being serious. There's a dire shortage of black players that are centers in the NHL. And a lot of it is putting black men like as, as a power winger, maybe like, I don't know, it starts from the ground up in junior where it's like, you kind of stereotype somebody. And I am thinking a lot about Quinton Byfeld and did he get the right opportunities and what is he going to grow into and how much of that is his fault. And I'm going to be watching the LA Kings a lot. I, I want him to get a bigger opportunity, but it does seem like he's been kind of shunted to the wing. But at the same time, I know that's where players like Tyler Sagan, Martin Neiches, we talked about this last week, started out. So maybe he'll get his opportunity, but I am curious about that and how Dubois plays into that and if they're kind of giving up on Bifeld. Yeah, Shit. I hope, sorry. I no, hope this opportunity, like, I hope he stays as a 3C. And that someone else in the top six, I feel like someone like Dubois is going to shift, right? Or Kopitar, or Deno well, you can't shift Deno, but I feel like it'll be Dubois who shifts to the wing in this situation to have a stronger top six. And there's like a trickle down effect that gives him a better winger. So I'm hoping that's the case yeah. because uh, you always want to see young players thrive. And I feel like this is someone who could be that cornerstone player. And for the Kings, they're trying to blend the old core with the new core. You need the new core to really step up. And you just got rid of Billy was a big part of it. So I think there's even more pressure on Byfield to step up. For me, the thing to watch is the goaltending. They're going in with a very inexpensive tandem because they spent their money elsewhere. And I feel like everyone's looking at Vegas going, well, you can get by with average goaltending. It's like you only can if you're built out that strong in front of the net. And I think this Kings team maybe is because if Dubois gives them the offensive spark they're missing, the blue line's really good. Maybe they can get by with average goaltending, but I think that's going to be Copley more than Talbot. I have some questions about Talbot, even behind a strong defensive team, because we saw him at the late year in Minnesota and it wasn't good. Yeah, that's my big question mark for them, too. We will see how that goes. Uh, moving on to the Seattle Kraken, who makes some veteran moves, bringing in Brian Dumoulin, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Kyler Yamamoto while saying goodbye to the players that made up their fourth line last year. Buy or sell, three, two, one. Buy. Buy. Do you okay, want to start, can't buy. I can't. We we can't buy every team, by can the I way. Can I just tell okay. Allison something quick before we move on? Yeah, can Always. We quick thoughts about Seattle? Allison, Always. Belmar is the my favorite player I I've him. ever interviewed in my life. I he love him. He is incredible. He has three sisters raised by a single mom. You could tell, like, this man is the best. He's, he's, and shout he's out to his delight. family. Yes, he is a I delight. <laughs> like, I literally, when I spoke to him on Media Day, he's 
such a delight. And I literally said to him, like, when your hockey career is over, you could go into like motivational speaking. I just need you to call me every morning and tell me how to start my day. And I, like, I adore him. He is wonderful. Shana, your quick thought. I don't think it was the most exciting offseason. I know people are like disappointed because like when we did the preview, it's like they were a playoff team last year. And it's like the two extreme results, like it's projected somewhere in the middle. And I think they outperform it. I am just watching Maddie Veneers this year. I want to see him become a star. And I want to see Shane Wright become a fucking star. I think if they can get some star power and it's going to be led by Veneers, then Wright and done, that's a team to watch. And that's a team to watch, not just for like a couple years. That is, you know, foundational star power that's going to be huge. So like that, that is like the most exciting part, right? Yes, we shall see. They're they're building and they're building too, right? This is not the window yeah. yet, as, as Shane is alluding to. All right, look. The San Jose Sharks, they're re- re- a lot of moves. Three, two, one. Sell. Sell. God bless. Moving on. Vancouver Canucks, they bring in Pius Suter, uh, Ian Cole, Matt Irwin, Carson Soucy, and Teddy Bluger. This is another team where I'm differing from the masses. I'm not as high on them yet as maybe some other people have been. Buy or sell in three, two, one. Sarah, answer. Lisa, Sarah, you Sarah, lead the way on that. Sal, I'm, I'm your sick of them. We're going to make Sarah go first every time from now okay, on. Fine. <laughs> All right. That moves us on. Let me find my list. I've got to scroll down to the central. Where are we? Da, 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 da. Where is my central? This is not good. I did it. I did the work. I did do the work. I didn't do the work. Of course you did. Where's my work? What happened? All right. Shana. Tell us about the team that wants to get back into the, well, let's tell us the key moves while I pull up my backup plan here. Here um, I have, let me pull up my backup plan then. Okay. Go for your backup plan. Three, two, one. See, we should have talked about another team. Where's my, I've lost okay. all my data. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just going to pick a random one. Okay. How's that? Please. Okay. Dallas stars. Big moves are Matthew Shane and Craig Smith in. Out goes Max Domi, Luke Glendening, and Colin Miller. All right. Oh, here I found him. I found him. I found him. Here we go. We're, we'll continue after this. Okay. Dallas Stars. Yes. Some moves people are questioning their defense. Buy or sell in three, two, one. Buy. Okay. Sarah, go ahead. I do think it's the year that the star players on this team go from underrated to rated. I've seen it with Sebastian Ajo. I've seen it with um, the Panthers. I I think it's probably, it's just such a phenomenon with small market teams, right? Where this guy has been known for years within the team and the fan base. And now he had his breakout last year, whatever it is, but now it's time for him to put his money where his mouth is. I will. I don't know. I'm really hard on the stars for some reason. I, they're good. I, I don't know. I really don't care. Like I know that's probably why I'm hard on them. Shana, your thoughts. I like the stars. I feel like they were kind of like the under, like the dark horse going to the playoffs last year. And it feels like they've gotten better. It's the young player. They're blending the old with the young for, you know, every Jamie Ben, there's a Wyatt Johnston or um, a Ty Delandria. That's exciting. They're more than a one line team. I think someone like Thomas Harley is going to be really important on that blue line. I do question the defense a little bit, but I think their team defense is so good. It kind of makes up for it. And Jake Ottinger is excellent. Like it feels like 
this is a really deep, a really complete stars team that if they build on last year, which it feels like they're primed to, they're legitimately going to be someone to watch. Excellent. Uh, We talked about Minnesota a little bit already with some key signings, but when we talked about them, we referenced that they're pretty much cap space starved. So the only move they have of significance in the offseason is Pat Maroon coming in. Buy or sell the wild in three, two, one. Sell. Perfect. All right. A team that is going to be very interesting to watch a second general manager in team history coming into play Nashville predators who bring in over the summer, Ryan O'Reilly, Gustav Nyquist, Luke Shen, and Dennis Gurionov, the predators buy or sell in three, two, one. Bye. Bye. Shana. I love general manager Barry Trotz already like I love everything he's saying I love the like idea he came into the team and goes you need offense or you need to draft for skill not for need we'll figure it out we'll figure out how to get depth players in other ways you don't waste a draft pick on it like I feel like he's really gotten it right and it's so I don't want to say he got it wrong as a coach but it's so starkly different from what we know his identity to be as a coach so I'm interested some of the moves are a little odd because his team does look like they're destined for the middle again, which is exactly where they shouldn't want to be. But I get, I feel like there's a good chance they're going to be better than we expect because at the end of the year, when Philip Forsberg got hurt, we saw guys like Tommy Novak and Luke Evangelista, who we never thought anything of, like really step up offensively. So for me, the big move is bringing in Andrew Burnett and seeing if how he does as a head coach, because I think I've said it enough when he was at Florida, I have questions. So I'm curious to see his impact on the team. And if, They're like a true playoff team to help out UC Soros just a little bit. Sarah? Yeah, I think with Soros, it is such a precarious situation because do you make the team absolutely tank while he is still there? I don't think you do that. He is such a good goalie. And and they are, I know, I know. That's what I want. But you know what? I don't run this franchise and I do not have money invested in it. So I understand why people want people to keep coming to the games. But anyway, Barry Trotz, I am so excited to see this. And Yarmo, Yarmo was saying that it, with all the Mike Babcock stuff, maybe players and management have weird relationships where the players can't always feel like they can come to management. And I think a case study like Barry Trotz, who used to be a coach in who players adore and is so bubbly and giggly and everybody loves him. I think that's going to be a great way to maybe usher in a new, better communication line between GMs and players and coaches where everybody can be more cohesive. And maybe I'm just having a little dream world like in Mean Girls when they're like, I wish with puppies and rainbows, but I do wish that. And I think Trotz is going to be great. I appreciate your intention to improve and improve your pronunciation in this case, Sarah. You are a true <laughs> professional. We love you. Better. We, we love better. it. We love it. Uh, let's move on. We already talked about LA. The recipient of all those pieces that left the Kings roster is the Winnipeg Jets who bring in Gabriel Velarde, Alex Ayafalo, Rasmus Kupari, and then also add Laurent Brossois. Three, two, one, buy or sell. 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 Perfect. All right. 
we have just a couple more teams in this division to touch on. And when you look, it's always funny when I put this list together, like some teams are like one line. And then we have a team like Colorado, who brings in Ross Colton, Ryan Johansson, Frederick Olofsson, Thomas Tatar, Miles Wood, and Jonathan Drouin. Colorado Avalanche, buy or sell, three, two, one. Bye. Bye. You both said bye? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sarah, you get to go first. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this season without Landeskog and with them knowing that, right? Yes. Like, I, I think they, we're, we're not sleeping on them, but I think they're hungry for way more and they're still absolutely elite and so complete. And I just think Nathan McKinnon's pissed off. I just get the vibe <laughs> and I get the vibe that that's a very scary thing for the rest of the division, the rest of the conference and the rest of the league. Shana? Yeah, it's funny. When uh, I did my fantasy sleepers, I put Jonathan Drew in them and people were like, oh, so he can get maybe 50 points and get injured a lot. And it's like, listen, Nathan McKinnon helped recruit this man. Nathan McKinnon is the most competitive person in this league. He's not bringing someone in to potentially play on his line who's not going to fucking crush it. <laughs> and Colorado has such a knack for maximizing players. I think Jared Bednar is one of the best coaches in the league and it doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm excited to see what they do. I don't think Brian Johansson is really a second line center personally, but I think having Ross Colton is going to be really big. I think Tatar is an excellent, excellent, excellent depth player and the Mileswood contract is too much, but like, I, I think he'll be fine there too. So I look at their off season and it's a lot of change, but it felt like they knew what they needed to do. Not could this person fill this role or do we have these question marks? Like they did all last year. It's like, this is what we're doing. We have a reputation and we're going to show that we're still championship caliber. We shall see. I do not like a pissed off Nathan McKinnon either. I don't think that's a, a good thing to face. Uh, we have two teams to go, my friends, both making a little bit of moves, but I don't think we're looking at these as moves to really push them into contention status just yet. First up, we've talked about Chicago. I feel like, according to my co-host, we'll be talking about at least one player in Chicago a lot this season, but Chicago brings in support for Connor Bedard in the form of Corey Perry, Taylor Hall, Nick Felino, and Ryan Donato over the offseason. Chicago Blackhawks minus Connor Bedard. Three, mm -hmm. two, one. So, so we already talked about them. Yeah, we talked about them. Okay. And then, of course, we round out things with Arizona, um, who I almost said the Arizona Cardinals. No, no, no. People, stop. Arizona, who this Big summer... football fan. Look at Taylor Swift made you do. Listen, it's... <laughs> oh, she's in wow. a reputation era. Wow. That's the era I like the most. That's the one with, like, the mesh and the grommets. And that yes. that is... That's yes. the one I love, personally. It's very you. Yeah, that's what I was for the tours, was reputation. I know, I did. I did my homework. I went through the biggest talk hole finding out what that meant so I can make that stupid snake belt. I'm, I'm very thankful for you and that effort. Thank you. Okay. Arizona brings in, in the summer, Sean Dursey, Matt Dumba, Alex Kerfoot, and Jason Zucker. Buy or sell? Three, two, one. Buy. Sell. Oh. Oh. Nope. Oh. That's, wait, we didn't Low talk about that. erasure. It's fine. <laughs> yes. I'm erasing. So, so there you go, friends. There you have it. Our look around the NHL. We've completed the full sweep and we're going to end this episode as we always do with our very favorite game. And that is fuck, Mary kill, except this time 
We have a fourth category for the game. First time ever. First time ever created by the brilliant Sarah Sivian. So this time your options are fuck, marry, kill, friend zone. And we're going to do first time NHL coaches. Sarah, you are up first. Here are your choices. Ryan Huska, Spencer Carberry, Greg Cronin, and Pascal Vincent. Go ahead. I am going to friend zone Spencer Carberry because I think he's perfectly nice. I think he's going to do a good job, but it's just kind of what are you going to do with the Washington Capitals? You can't do much with this team right now. There are some young guys, but there's mostly older guys that are the key players. And it's like, imagine going into coaching Alex Ovechkin at this point. It's just kind of like, okay, let's see what you can do in five years. So we're friend zoning him. Okay. Oh, this is really hard. I like all these guys a lot. I am going to fuck Greg Cronin because he is from my neck of the woods in Massachusetts, has the accent. He, I know a lot of people that have worked in and around him in um, the AHL and minor leagues, and they love him. They say that he is a hard ass, but is controlled and like means really well and is really good at getting through to younger players even though he is that hard ass and it's kind of what everybody's looking for in Tortorella that they're actually getting in Rod Brindamore and how does this affect Rod Brindamore I am excited to see Boston version of Rod Brindamore in the NHL with younger players especially with somebody like Zegras I think that could really really work out I am going to Fuck Pascal Vincent. I think it's wait. A... You fucked Greg Cronin, didn't you? Oh well, I'll, we're just to really horny someone. today. <laughs> I oh, I have to marry someone. Okay, I'm gonna marry Pascal Vincent. He's my second husband. Like he's the guy after Mike Babcock, so it doesn't really matter. And he was always waiting in the wings. And it was like, well, maybe if we're 35 and we're single, we'll we'll get together now. And now that's happening on, is, any, is anybody following me? <laughs> that's happening on the Blue Jackets. So let's see if the marriage pact works. And I am killing Ryan Huska, which is unfortunate because I really like him, but he's in a tough position. Maybe I'm doing him a favor before <laughs> we can all really like him before he has to go into the flames and try to get everything out of these players that had a down season. I'm going to kill Carberry. I think he's, I think he's going to be great as a coach. I think that, like you said, there's only so much you're going to do with that roster. And I think he got his hype as the up and coming coach to watch and all that, that I don't think that I just can't give it to him right now. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to friend zone Ryan Huska too. I think Um, I've been very back and forth on two of them, but that's one I'll friend zone. I want to see the impact of coaching. I think he's going to be a breath of fresh air after the Daryl Sutter editor error but the only thing for me is like the flames literally only go for guys they know like Conroy and Huska might be excellent choices but I do look at it and I'm like do you know anybody else but it's fine it's like totally fine and I hope he kills it um I'll fuck Vincent I think he was the better coach option from day one over Mike Babcock sorry like he was a couple years ago the up-and-coming coach to watch and didn't get that NHL opportunity I love what line I said about him from the time in Manitoba like I want to see him come in and make an impact because I don't think Babcock is that good of a coach that he needed to be the one to be hired. And I think Vincent's going to be that blend of, you know, knowing how to work with the young players and how to develop them and try to push this team into the playoff picture. So 
all about that. And I will marry Greg Cronin. Uh, I think he has one of the toughest jobs out of anybody right now because of the roster that he's been handed. And I think the Dallas Aiken era was really tricky in Anaheim. Like it just doesn't seem like it went well. So I, but I really like what he said. I didn't think I was going to, I kind of assumed he would be a little more traditional. Like he's been in coaching circles for years and years and years. Like he seems like a very old school mind, but then you hear him talk about, you know, how he wants defensemen to play and how he wants players to move the puck and things like that. And I'm like, this is so innovative. And this is such a breath of fresh air. We were all so hyped and Marty St. Louis was saying it. So now he is, I'm all about it. Well, guess what, Sarah? Are we twins? We're twins. Yay. I agree. I agree. I, I will marry Pascal Vincent because I only talked to the man once right when he was hired, but I was impressed back then. And I think he deserved this opportunity and good on him for now taking on something late and, and doing his very best. I'm going to fuck Greg Cronin because I think um, he's interesting for all the reasons that Shana illustrated. So I think it's a fuck around and uh, fuck around and find out. Um, I'm going to kill Spencer Carberry because yeah, that doesn't, that situation doesn't excite me in any way. Um, and we'll friend zone, right? No, we'll kill. Um, wait, I'm friend zoning Spencer Carberry, right? And then I'm killing yeah. Ryan Huska um, because, yeah, that's just how that's how the chips fall. All right, my friends, that is it for our episode this week. As always, check us out on the socials if you'd like to interact and let us know what you think, only if it's nice. Just kidding. You can tell us not nice things, but be polite and professional about it. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore much underscore man. We are on uh, Blue Sky at two hyphen much hyphen man. If you would like to support us when you're not listening to us on the pod, get yourself some merch. You can get that at too many men merch.com. We have all kinds of good gear, which any monies that come from that we turn around and send to good causes that do what we ask all of you to do in any way, no matter how big or small. And that is to do something to make sure hockey truly is for everyone. We will talk to y'all very, very soon. Love you. Bye.